podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Friday morning? Good morning and yes, happy Friday. It is very gloomy outside my window, but it is not gloomy in the 49ers fandom world as we crushed the Carolina Carolina Panthers this last week. Uh, what a wonderful game that was in seeing a true beatdown on technically the worst team in the NFL right now. I would say they're pr- probably the, the bottom team currently. Yeah, it was a, a great win. I think we talked a little bit last week about how if the 49ers were a good team, there would not this game wouldn't really ever be in doubt and it wasn't, which was was always really nice to see. Like, okay, this team is kind of what we thought they were. Like they are just in a different class than the Panthers and, and good teams look like they're in a different class on the field. So it was good to see that. And it was a uh, the 49ers offense I think had their best outing of the season as the defense looked as dominant as ever. There were we unfortunately did run into some more injuries, which we'll we'll chat about later. But other than the injuries, it was about as good of a game as you could have hoped for, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, we I spent a lot of time this offseason talking about last year's two weeks and then this year's first two weeks and how last year we played the Lions and the Eagles. And again, we didn't think the Eagles were as good of a team then as they are now. And so struggling last season against those two teams, we were like, ah, that's frustrating. This should be an easy two wins before we go play harder teams. Uh, And then same thing for this season. Uh, We didn't shine like we wanted in the first two games playing some, some mediocre teams. And then we heavily struggled against the Broncos. So it was really good to finally feel like, man, we had a, we had a grasp on that game the whole game. Uh, the Niners came out and got a touchdown immediately um, within just a few minutes on the first drive. And that was history. They ran away with it and they looked sharp uh, against a bad team. So, Timmy, exactly what you said. If they're a good team, they're going to own this game from the very beginning. And it was awesome to see them do that. Yeah. And that was just, that was so fun to see. The Panthers, I mean, really the only thing good going on on their offensive side is is Christian McCaffrey. Daniel and I were just talking about this. If you've been involved in the 49ers Twitter discourse recently, you'll probably be aware that it's rumored the Panthers are going to be trading uh, away some of their higher assets sometime soon and that the people are uh, are raving about the idea of McCaffrey on the 49ers. I don't I don't think that will happen. I would love to see it. People point to the fact that Shanahan was really really close with the McCaffreys when uh, Shanahan's father was coaching Ed McCaffrey, Christian's fa- Christian's dad. I think there was a good uh, Kyle Shanahan trying to babysit Christian McCaffrey and his brother's story told on the on the uh, during the game last week. So a lot of fun stuff there. Obviously, McCaffrey would thrive in the offense. We've seen what Shanahan can do 
with versatile offensive weapons, and McCaffrey's one of the NFL's best players in that category. It's not going to happen. It seems really unrealistic, but like, let's root for it. Like, it'd be fun. Yeah, Timmy and I were saying my only my only worry with that is us uh, the amount of what we'd have to give up. I don't like what we'd have to give up to have McCaffrey, even though I believe this is the last year in his contract. That's why they're they're trying to offload him so they can get something. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that is uh, correct. Um, yeah, you know, Jeff Wilson's doing just fine. We love Elijah Mitchell. Um, he's not a top five, maybe not, not even top ten guy in the NFL, but he does great for us. And so I like keeping the team more what it is and as strong – in every asset of our offense and defense. And so I'd be fearful of what we'd have to give up for supposedly one of the best running backs in the game. And um, he's been a hard person to, for me to say that confidently about uh, just because of his injuries. Um, He did do well against us. I mean, enough. He got a touchdown, but he only averaged 39 yards. Sorry, 3.9. If he averaged 39 yards, that would be unreal. He averaged 3.9 3.9 off of 14 attempts. Yeah. So we held them to 54 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I think the official 49ers unrestricted take on the 49ers trading for Christian McCaffrey is it'd be sweet, but probably not worth it. Yeah, and we've talked about a lot of those before. Yeah, I do think it's worth it's worth keeping that in the back pocket. The NFL trade deadline is coming up, and the 49ers showed that they're willing right. to to make moves when they think they're contenders. They did that with Emmanuel, bringing in Emmanuel Mosley in the 2019-2020 Super Bowl run. So it's something to keep an eye on for sure if the 49ers will will kind of make a move for an, for a big name. I don't know if I see it happening. Maybe somebody on like the D-line, but we'll we'll have to see what happens there. If if they do go for a for a pretty big name before the trade deadline, Take that as a sign that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch think this team could contend for a Super Bowl, which I think they do. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. We're a few weeks away from that, but just kind of stick it in your the back of your mind as something to remember as we get closer and closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's compare Chris McCaffrey's stats to our starting running back's stats. Jeff Wilson had 17 attempts for 120 yards, averaging 7.1 per carry in a touchdown granted one of those was a 41 yard run so that is going to bump up the average for sure um as christian's long run was 19 yards so hard just hard to imagine us trading for christian McCaffrey when our backup running back is having almost twice the game he did or yeah twice twice the amount of yards he did off of just three more carries um and jeff seems to do that often and elijah mitchell can do that often he broke the rookie record for uh most 100 yard rushing games in a season was that just a niners stat or an nfl stat i believe it was the not the 49ers rookie rushing yard stat yeah that's that's worth noting he did not play Uh, a full 16 games either or 17 games now true yeah and i believe I think it was at least six games he had over a hundred yards as a rookie and did not play the full season, which is which is cool. That's that's a fun thing. So, um, Jeff Wilson was the big part of the offense. Um, George Kittle had sorry, Debo Samuel had the most targets, um, and George Kittle had the most receptions. So kind of a quiet day 
for in terms of stats for all our receivers, where Ayuk three receptions, fifty-eight yards. Um, Kittle five receptions, forty-seven, and Debo Samuel only had two receptions for twenty yards, but a beautiful touchdown. Uh, but he did have nine targets. Uh, Timmy Knight already talked about. Yeah, some of those were potentially his fault. Some of those were were not so much his fault, and we can blame some of those on Jimmy Garoppolo, his throw or his his selection. Um, but either way, it it seemed to be a quiet day from the receivers. But when the Niners get thirty seven points, obviously it is not a a true quiet day. Totally, it was a fun fun game. Let's talk about any kind of specific moments, specific players who really shined. Let's get some of the positives out of the way. Then we can jump into some of the injuries. And luckily, since we're recording a little later this week, we have some more updates on on what to expect going into the 49ers next game as well in terms of who's going to be there. So a lot to chat through. But yeah, let's start with kind of highlights of what you saw. Any specific plays? For, For me, I think something that really stuck out was, wow, Tevin Coleman is still very, very fast. Seriously. Yeah, very fast. And the ability that he had to, I mean, he looked like a receiver. Toe touch Tevin. He did a thing that, toe touch Tevin. That's funny. Uh, now, he truly did look like a star receiver out there making that play. Yeah. Um, keeping those, those feet in bounds. Uh, I mean, receivers try to do that all the time. And alas, not all are as successful as Tevin was. And that was just such a cool play. I'm having it replay in my mind. I can still see it so vividly. Um, and uh, fun to see that from your your veteran running back who you brought back and is on your practice squad. And then we sent him right back down to our practice squad after that. Um, but fun, fun play and, and game from him. So yeah, that was and, absolutely and worth noting that that catch was also one of, Jimmy Garoppolo's most impressive throws I I've seen from him as a time in his time as as a 49er it was kind of out of his usual area over the field he took a big hit stayed in the pocket got the ball out that was just an all-around awesome play probably the offensive highlight of the game I think the Tevin Coleman catch yeah yeah and uh I you were just making a comment about Jimmy Garoppolo's throws and uh we were talking this week as well this week as well about him um and, you know, it, it wasn't a crazy game from Jimmy, but that was the game from Jimmy Garoppolo that we need every week. That is all we need from him um, each and every week. So he threw the ball 30 times, 18 completions. He had 253 yards. Um, when you have guys like Tom Brady this last week who threw for 400-something, I believe, or close to, this 253 looks kind of measly but that's that's a big game and a great amount of yards from jimmy average of 14.1 two touchdowns here's the big kicker no interceptions and only was sacked twice and i believe did not fumble the ball once that's a great game for a jimmy garoppolo um two touchdowns no interceptions no fumbles take it every time totally I agree. A very, very good Jimmy game. He has come back from his bad performance against the Broncos. I just feel like I need to issue a regular reminder that he's still Jimmy Garoppolo and he's still going to throw bad picks. But yeah, a good Jimmy game, a great offensive performance. 
Anything else before we maybe hop over to, to the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, just to make him look a little bit better, because I think at the start of the year, or maybe a year ago, yeah, well, I guess that's hard. I was thinking a year ago, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback? Now, I think you and I would say Jimmy. Um, if I'm incorrect for you, you tell me. But I, I think that a lot of the NFL fandom, I think a lot of people might go with Baker. And I get that because he was a number one overall pick a few years ago. But also, he hasn't quite played to that. So, Baker Mayfield threw the ball 36 times, 20 completions for 215 yards, no touchdowns, an interception, four sacks. So, he threw the ball more, but couldn't get a touchdown and did throw a pick. And so, you know, you could try to blame that on his receivers. Uh, and our defense, but yeah. regardless, I think a there's a lot of years, talk of I think Baker a couple of years ago people would have said Baker, but I think the answer is Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, the Niners did so well that the Panthers fired Matt Rule in week four. Yes. Coach killer 49ers. Go home, Matt. You're done. They fired their defensive Sorry, coordinator as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. We're just cleaning house. Yeah, we we basically killed the Panthers. It's okay though, because Matt Rule's going to make I think forty and a half million dollars for leaving his job. Yeah, who was who was talking about? There was a player. I don't remember who it was. Someone was was tweeting and talking about how player contracts need to be a little bit more like that, or coaches shouldn't be guaranteed that much. And yeah, I did not know he was going to be making that much. To yeah, be that, fired. that's his buyout, and then. Add in the fact that he can get have his choice of any of the big college football jobs because that's what I didn't know about Matt Rule. And the reason he got those seven years guaranteed is Matt Rule was the hot name that coaching cycle because of how phenomenal of a college coach he's been. He was at Temple, yep. made them a really good contender, went to Baylor, built them up into a legitimate like they were. I mean, they were playing pretty close to being in the college football playoff when he was there. And so. I, I think I didn't really realize how until like learning more about it this week and people talking about how Matt Rule is still going to have his pick of college jobs, how awesome of a, of a college coach Matt Rule actually was. And so when you when you put it in that context, um, I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, the Giants wanted Matt Rule like that. He got all this guaranteed money be- because other teams wanted him, which is crazy when we think about how bad he was as an NFL coach. And the fact that he's probably going to go back to college football and be awesome. Like, if you're a fan of a big college football program that just fired their coach, Matt Rule is probably going to be the number one name to walk into the building unless you can get Urban Meyer off the couch. (laughs) Just let me throw in the Urban Meyer. I wasn't ready for that. That was good. Um, Yeah, I think Matt Rule is a lot like Chip Kelly in some ways because Chip was was phenomenal in college and then – not so phenomenal with the Eagles or the Niners. Um, it's a, but but Chip had a couple good years with the Eagles. His year with the Niners yeah. is something we try to forget. And his first couple years with UCLA, I like to forget as well. But Chip had did have a couple good seasons with the Eagles. I mean, Matt Rule, I think the stat is he's 1-27 after going down by 17 points. And the average NFL offense scores more than 17 points every game. Wow. Yeah, um, I would I would say my Chip Kelly comparison only really works for the Niners because he did, he did do okay with the Eagles. So, um, 
but regardless, we we beat the Panthers so bad, and it's not just us. Obviously, they've had some other struggles, but we were the last domino to fall for them to fire Matt Rule in there defensive coordinator so that's a fun one uh Timmy any other uh offensive highlights so we can talk about this unstoppable defense no I don't think so I mean it was a it was a good offensive game it was the offense's best best game of the season for sure Debo oh the Debo catch Debo had a couple really really nice grabs statistically not not Debo's best game but I think Debo is having one of his best I think this is the first season. This is Debo's best season in terms of like a contested catch, go up and get it kind of wide receiver that I've seen in his career. I thought he had a couple awesome grabs, including his his touchdown catch. I thought was was really a really nice grab. He just kind of his hands came out of nowhere and pulled it down. I thought Debo had a really nice game, even though I don't think the stat sheet really showed that. Jawan Jennings, another really really good game, and Brandon Ayuk solid as well, but. Jawan Jennings is here to stay, and I think that's worth remembering. Yeah, we love Jawan. Uh, there was talk if, if he was going to remain wide receiver number three with uh, Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod coming in, um, and it's been pretty clear that he is, at least for the time being, he is the number three guy. So we're good with that. Um, he did have a, another good game. Um, I think that this is Debo's best receiving season uh with the eye test essentially if we're going off the eye test i'm with you um but some other big highlights on the other side of the ball uh leading tackler well in terms of total tackles was dre greenlaw with 11 but fred warner had nine total and seven solo tackles um he had one sack and two tackles for a loss um Another big game from Fred Warner, and the announcers are talking about how big of a role he is in this defense and, and how much of a leader and just how crucial he is. And after we chat about the defense, we'll talk about some injuries and how important it is that he stays healthy and he he is just the most integral part to this defense. Oh, gosh. If we lost um, Fred Warner, that would be terrible. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, why would you say Another that? big game. From Diamador Lenore, uh, eight total tackles, four solo. Um, let me hit you with a little Hufunga Kawabunga time because oh, he yeah. had five total tackles, uh, two solo. He had a tackle for a loss, and he also had a sack. Um, I think it's, I think it's just getting to the point where it's kind of safe to say that Hufunga is probably on a path to being the 49ers' next elite player. On defense, absolutely. This yeah, I mean, this team's ability to grab elite guys ago. in late rounds has just been really something to watch. Seriously, so that I mean, that's what gets me so excited for draft day. Sure, when we have a first and second and third round picks, I get excited to see what we address and who we take. Uh, first and second rounds are the big ones that people pay attention to, and um, but now I, I can't wait for day three. I can't wait to see who we take and. Um, I'm going to pay more attention to those guys, I think, because they seem to have to fight their way into to big roster spots like Hufunga has. And um, we've talked about his potential last year that we saw, and we saw the raw talent and what he could do, and we're seeing him do it this year. Um, he is just everywhere. You know, talking with people throughout the week, people all make comments about him, and people say, like, yeah, I saw him all over the field. 
Like, I feel like at the end of the play, he was always there. I go, yeah, exactly. Um, even when it's not his side of the field or a play you would expect him to get to, he's there. And that is what is so awesome. Um, you know, we could go on for hours about him. Um, just a big game from a lot of guys. I think uh, we had four sacks. Greg Jackson, Charles O'Menehue, um, Oren Burks, and uh, is it is it Tashawn Gibson? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Tashawn Gibson. Uh, they, they combined for one. Uh, Flanagan Fowles had a sack, and... Hufunga and Fred Warner as well. So Drake Jackson, I feel like is is only going to get better and better too. Absolutely, yeah, he has just been phenomenal. Um, he has been the best thing since sliced bread, if you will. Um, fun to see him and Samson Ebicum split time there, but you know, I think Drake is making noise and saying, "Hey, I want more." We're like, okay. Do you think they'll ever change hard, that hard saying to, say no to, to that. be like the best thing since the iPhone? Like the best thing I mean, since the computer? I don't know. Sliced bread just invented a long time ago. Like there's a lot of really good things. Should we move the bar? <laughs> Fair enough. Should we just move the bar forward in terms of time and be like, yeah, the best thing since the iPhone? Which would probably I'm, be. I, I would be with you. That's a trend Jackson. we can start. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about. Let us know what you think, 49ers yeah. and restricted fans. Timmy, let's talk about some of the injuries that heading into Sunday and then what happened on Sunday. And then you can give us a little more context to that as we look to Sunday this uh, week five. Yeah, it's not it's not the best injury report from the 49ers perspective. That's for sure. No, this is this is where the tone shifts. Uh, Obviously, I'm just going to run through them all. We already know some Trey Lance. Broken ankle, injured reserve, Elijah Mitchell, knee still out on reserve. Trent Williams, high ankle sprain, is not on IR, but is still out. Aziz Alshire, his knee, he is on IR. Eric Armstead uh, continued to re-aggravate his plantar fasciitis during pra- during the, the week of practice. He was out. Javon Kinlaw was out. And Colton McKivitz had a knee injury last week and was on injured reserve for this week and moving forward. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, where Javon and Armstead or one of them held out precautionary just because it's the Panthers or um, are they, you know, no matter who we played with, they've been out. Um, either way, glad we rested them and might rest them again since we did okay and we're playing, you know, another not great team in the Atlanta Falcons uh, in just a few days. So the injuries that occurred in the game against the Panthers – very sad to say that Emmanuel Mosley very likely tore his ACL. I think that is now um, that has now mean, been confirmed. Mosley tore that his is ACL now confirmed. and is going to be out out for the season, which you hate to yeah. see. Uh, Mosley had been having probably the best season of his career. I think he was allowing like the worst passer rating on quarterbacks of any corner in the NFL. He was really stepping yeah. up to be a dominant corner on that side of the field, and paired with Charvarius Ward, that was a pretty scary duo. But yeah, Mosley's going to be out out for the year. So there's a couple options on on who might be kind of stepping up into that spot, and it'll be it'll be quite interesting to see. There's been a lot of movement in the 49ers quarterback room this season. So should we? Do you want to chat through kind of the potential replacements for Mosley now? Um, let's we'll just run through the rest of them, and then we got a few replacements for a few different guys. Sadly, um, 
Jimmy Ward, his first game back, broke his hand. Unlike so his he will second be out or again. third play, too. Just a bummer. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, so he's. I'm sure he's going to go back on IR. Uh, that's tough. This is the one I'm, I'm needing to hear more good news about. Nick Bosa, groin injury. His brother also aggravated his groin. Um, and I believe... What did his brother do? I think his he didn't pull his groin. He did something... I don't yeah, know if you know more than I do, Timmy. It, but. From from what we're seeing, it was some groin tightness, so so Bosa sat out. Joey Bosa's injury does seem worse. He had some core muscle surgery and and stuff like that. It doesn't seem like surgery or anything is, is on the table for our Bosa, so that's uh, the better Bosa. For our Bosa. Better Bosa, TM. Yeah. Um, He... He sounds like I. It doesn't sound like it's gonna be a long, long term thing. He he has not yet practiced this week. He he has been out of practice. Uh, today's Friday, the fourteenth. If he practices today, there's definitely a chance he could be a go on Sunday. He has not been ruled out. So again, that's another sign that it's not gonna be a long term thing. I kind of have a feeling he's just gonna miss this week to come back the next week in in even better shape. But. That's something to keep an eye on. Again, if, if when you see the practice participation report, if, if he comes out as a full participant on, on Friday's practice, then he probably will play on Sunday. But if not, I think it's a safe bet. He's going to gonna take the week off. But all signs point to this being not a serious, serious injury. Yeah, I almost want him to take the week off. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to. Every NFL team can win a game. We need to be prepared for that. But it is the Atlanta Falcons. And if we're this banged up, I think, you know, check it up to some of our backups and B team guys and say, Hey, this is this is this is your game. We need you to shine and, and win this one for us so some of the other guys can rest up and you know, that's why we have so much depth and don't always want to have to use it this way, but this might be a week that we need to use it this way. So uh, last but not least, Robbie Gold had a knee contusion because he had to make two tackles on kick returns. Um, special teams was not quite what it was this week as what we've hoped. We've, we've seen improvement this year, but the last couple of years, it has not been so good. Uh, so that's something that might need to be addressed. And I think we did this off season and bringing in some key guys and uh, returner Ray Ray McLeod. But I, I think we're also now looking at, Hey, we need to get some guys who are going to get down the field and make, make some tackles and stoppage before it gets back to Robbie Gold and he has to sacrifice his old man body I, and yeah get wrecked. I agree. That was a our special teams needs to get their act together. We cannot have a situation where our kicker is making tackles twice in the same game. We do have some good news there. Gold was a full participant in practice this week. He all all signs point to him being all good to go for Sunday's game. He would, yeah, a full a full participant on yes on Wednesday's practice on Thursday's practice. So he will be back on Sunday. All signs points to him being all clear, which is great, great news. But I do really hope the 49ers can figure something out for kick for the kickoff coverage team, even if that means getting Wisnowski back out there to take some kicks. But our special teams continues to be something that really needs to get its act together. I think, and I think that's the right move, honestly. I really don't – I've thought about it more since you and I talked about it on Sunday, but I really don't know why in the first place Robbie is doing kickoff. Um, you know, I think Mitch does a fine job. Mitch Mitch has said he loves to run down there and try to make some hits. Uh, he's a little more durable. I think he's okay to do that. 
But even if, you know, just we're just trying to boot the ball. Mitch is good enough with his accuracy in that way, and we need to keep Robbie healthy for field goals and extra points. Um, those are crucial, and he is a kicking legend. So I think it's time we put Wisnowski back on kickoff. And so I'm curious to see what they do this week. Do they change it right away, or do they need to see more to to know that it's time to make that change? Yeah, I agree. It should be it should be very fun to see and interesting to see what happens there. Definitely, definitely something to keep your eyes on. Yeah. Timmy, give us a few help us understand more about these injuries. Is there anything that you've seen this week? Uh any more notice what we're heading into next week, and then we can talk about some potential replacements yeah. for guys if they're out a long time. So let me give you a couple a couple quick updates. Eric Armstead is already ruled out for Sunday's game, did not participate. Uh, Jimmy Ward, same thing. Trent Williams still dealing with that high ankle sprain. Same bucket. Hasn't practiced. They're not playing Sunday. Then we have a couple more names on this list that didn't participate. Javon Kinlaw and Nick Bosa didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. They could potentially have not been ruled out for Sunday. Again, if they practice today, Friday, they'll probably be a go. If they don't practice today, consider them out. So those were that did not participate in Thursday's practice. Thursday practices are pretty important. That tend to be the one you look for Thursday, Friday. Um, then you got limited participation. Samson Ebukum has... Is, is dealing with an Achilles injury, also or some Achilles soreness. Sounds like he's gonna be gonna be all right. Although people are worried about the fact that he's playing on turf in Atlanta. I'm going right off of uh, Kyle Madsen's Niners Wire article on the injury report. Thank you, Kyle. You're a fun Twitter follow. If you listen to the pod, reach out. Come on anytime. Um, Aaron Banks was limited participant. Tyler Croft, Tarvarius Moore. So those guys, I think if they're a limited participant, probably all expected to play. Then we have a couple guys coming back from injury that were all full participants. Danny Gray, Tyrion Davis-Price was a, a full go on yesterday's practice, so that should mean he is out there on Sunday. So the most interesting, really the, the most interesting room is the is the cornerback room. We've already talked about how you had this shift from Samuel Womack to Diamador Lenore at the nickel spot. Womack has been getting a little action at the outside corner spot now, so he's a name to kind of kind of keep an eye on as a potential replacement with Mosley out. I think he's actually the one people kind of expect to step up. Ambry Thomas is in there. He may have faded, but but he show. I mean, I think he is the most raw talent. We saw how good he was down the stretch last year, so I think Ambry Thomas could play himself into that position. So there's three young guys really to keep an eye on to see how the 49ers slot them into that that spot opposite Charvarius Ward. Then you got Dante Johnson is always sitting on the practice squad, ready to come up at any time. He is, I feel like he is just the perfect like plug and play guy. He will get you just enough to not blow the game for you, which is sometimes all you need. And then there's another name. That's his role. Yeah, he knows his role. Yeah. There's one more name at the cornerback spot that is coming back from a big injury from last season who has been practicing. He's still kind of on the – I don't even know if he's on the PUP or the IR. It's it's kind of murky. They don't have to really log his practice participation yet. But that's Jason Verrett. I think he's been a full participant in recent practices coming off his ACL tear last season. Verrett, as we all know, has been incredible, flashed a lot of talent – 
but just dealt with injury after injury after injury, first with the Chargers, now with the 49ers. But he came back from that last injury and was really, really good for the 49ers when he came off his, his injury, his, his last, I think it was maybe a torn Achilles or a hamstring. I, he's had so many injuries, I can't keep track. I feel terrible for the guy. But he was really, really good the last time we saw him in full action. So seems like the 49ers are being really careful with him, wanting to make sure he is a 100% before putting him back out there. But Jason Verrett is the name that, if healthy, I would be most excited to see at that cornerback spot. I think he's better than Mosley when he's healthy, and I think him and Ward, if he can get back to anything like 90 85% of what he was at his best, and 100% is always obviously on the table, he is going to be an improvement over Mosley in the secondary opposite Ward. So Jason Verrett is the name you really got to keep an eye on. I've been digging to try to figure out his practice participation, and I I can't come up with anything. But if the 49ers elevate and, and have Verrett ready to go, that I think would be a really, really good thing for this team. Do you think that Jimmy Ward coming back and two or three plays in, breaking his hand, kind of scares him a little bit and says, hey, we're going to wait till Verrett is so ready to go? Yeah, I think I think that's very very possible that they want to wait to make sure he's he's all good to go before throwing him back out there, but he's a really really good player who's been really really good to this team, and I think if he wants to go and they think he's ready to go, I think they'll I think he's like I think when he's healthy, he will be the guy. So that there's a lot of a lot of interesting things to watch in that cornerback room and it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Should we talk a little bit about the 49ers' next game against the Atlanta Falcons? Preview a little bit of what we're up against? Uh, my one question for you before we get there is, are there any replacements? Like, uh, if we need to make a trade before the deadline to try to get anyone to, to fill some holes here, like, do you think that's a, a move for us? Um, I have a couple of names that are options, um, but not sure if that's truly the right move or not. Um or if just kind of standing pat and going with the guys we have. What are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think you always want to look to improvement. I think there's two spots. I think I would be most interested in the 49ers trading for someone along either line. I think some interior depth or or maybe just a better swing tackle some some on the offensive line. And then I think just some more depth in the middle of the in the interior of the defensive line as well with Armstead and Kinlaw kind of dealing with these injuries. Those are the spots I'd be watching for the 49ers to make a move. I don't think I don't think cornerback is on the table. I think the Niners are actually pretty happy with their guys. Linebackers, maybe the best linebacker room in the NFL, and the safeties have been playing out of their mind, and that's with Jimmy Ward injured. So yeah, what would what are what are the names? Where are you looking, Daniel? I, I think either line is the spot that I'd expect the 49ers to maybe make a move, most likely along the defensive line, I think. Yeah, I don't really have any offensive names that pop out to me of like, hey, this would be a great re- replacement. I'm not sure. I haven't done enough digging to see contract-wise who might be moving at the deadline. Um, I've wanted them to try to think of the name. Uh, I can't. Well, I'll, I'll see if it comes back to me. But as you said, uh, other line, defensive line, uh, Deron Payne on the Commanders, I believe, is in his last season on his contract, and I can't remember if it was him or his counterpart, Jonathan Allen, who was unhappy with their contract. I want to say it was Payne, and he wanted to be traded, so I think that this could be potentially the perfect chance, 
but Kinlaw and Armstead aren't out indefinitely, and so that's where I'm questioning a little bit my decision to say Deron Payne because he is a big player. He is uh, he he would cost a lot even with just this being the last year. Um, and so if Armstead and, and Kinlaw will be back in a few weeks, I don't know if that's the right move or not. We don't see a lot of in division trades, but cornerback Sidney Jones on the Seahawks uh, has had a great career as a, as a solid veteran option. Um, he could come in and provide some depth, but again, yes, Mosley's out, but Charvarius Ward is incredible. If Verrett can stay healthy, he's a great option. Um, but I feel great about having, you know, one of one of the three, whether it's Amber Thomas, Diamador Lenore, Samuel Womack, whoever's in the cornerback spot, whoever's in the nickel. Um, I feel good about this team. So we're throwing out names just because, you know, as Timmy said, it's always good to look to improve. Isn't it kind of fun maybe the best to not be substitutions worried? are in-house? Isn't it kind of fun to not be worried about the secondary? Like in our time Absolutely. podcasting together in the Shanahan-Lynch era, I've never been this confident in our secondary. It's always kind of been like, well, the linebackers and the D-line are so good that how good does the secondary have to be? And now it's like, no. This secondary is awesome, too. And that's why this defense is putting up... I mean, they're the best defense in the NFL right now, and it's it's not particularly close. This is a complete, complete defense. Adding the fact that D'Amico Ryans is a shoe-in to be a head coach next year, which is a bummer. we got to start preparing Sad. ourselves for that. But all the buzz is that Vic Fangio wants the job if it opens up. So, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's an off-season pod. Right now, let's enjoy our guy D'Amico. Yeah, man. I loved Miko almost as much as I loved Robert Sala. Um, Robert was my guy. I want the Jets to do well simply because I love Robert Sala. Um, yeah, I think that's a wrap for this wonderful week against the Carolina Panthers. Um, we can move on and talk about what we're expecting for the Atlanta Falcons yeah. uh, if you're ready to do so. Let's do it. Atlanta Falcons better team than you think they are that is the headline of the Falcons this season I think they're kind of thought of as kind of a joke and they're not good but they're they're not bad their offense has been surprisingly efficient their ability to run the ball has been really 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 creative they're getting a lot of a lot of action there I think people are kind of looking I think up the average football fan is kind of dismissing them because for fantasy football, they haven't been particularly useful. You're disappointed in Kyle Pitts. You're disappointed in Drake London. But that that ground game has been really, really good. And with the 49ers missing some guys along the interior of our line, I I think they're going to move the ball against us. I do. They've been they've been a good team. I mean, they were right in there with the Bucks all last week on Sunday. And if it's not for that very, very questionable roughing the passer call on Brady. The Falcons legitimately might have won that game. So so just know the Falcons are better than you think. And had they won that game, they'd be first in the NFC South over the Bucks. So they are not a bad team. What? They're not a good team, but they're not a bad team either. And they've been moving the ball on offense, especially on the ground. Arthur Smith, the FedEx heir, appears to be a very, very good team coach so I don't think the Falcons are on the 49ers level but this is not a game the 49ers can sleep going into this could be a trap game 
So I ex- Arthur Smith has been a good fit. Yeah, he's a good coach. And I mean, there's still you knew when he came in like this was going to be a two or three year rebuild. I think they have like the most cap space taken up by guys who aren't on the team and stuff like that. But they're I I don't know if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'd actually be feeling pretty good. But their defense is not very good. So I I think the Falcons are going to score and I think the 49ers are going to have to score. But we showed last week that the the Niners can score, too. I mean, our, our defense is awesome. I think we will get stops. Think like like I want to preface this with like we will get stops we'll look good but it but they are going to move the ball against us so it's going to be a fun game I think it should be fairly exciting but I I think ultimately it will wind up not being very close but I think it's going to be closer than the Panthers game and I guess my message to 49ers fans is don't be surprised when the Falcons start scoring and moving the ball on us. Yeah, part of me wants to just refute that because our defense has been so good, but I, and I I think I am having a clouded view of the Falcons of, you know, Marcus Mariota is the quarterback and you know, Drake London, rookie receiver is their best receiver and uh running backs are it's kind of changing up, but they got some key players on defense, you know, AJ Terrell, we've discussed is potentially one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, people, some people would say he is. So, got to see where he lines up. If he's more on Debo Ayuk, um, I know that Grady Jarrett is an incredible defensive lineman, and that's who they got. Um, so that I'm sure he will be giving our O line some trouble as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the Niners do in response to that because you know, do they avoid AJ Terrell? Do they not run up the gut to try to avoid Grady Jarrett? But I don't see them being uh, a team that is afraid to go after solid defenders because we don't we don't ignore Aaron Donald as a whole when we play him either. So um, it's gonna be a fun one, regardless. But we need we do need to have good expectations of okay, this isn't Panthers game round two. This is not um, this is not just an easy easy game. I do think that it is easier than the the week following when we play the Chiefs. Oh yeah. But I think that I think that I would really like to see um, some guys rest and that the Niners do their best with what they got. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it is one we need to keep in mind. Okay, know that this is not the Atlanta Falcons you want to think they are. Uh, they do have some some big weapons. So yeah, and yeah. I, I guess I want to I want to to make it clear. I do think the 49ers are the better team, and I think they're going to win. I just think I think the kind of the vibe around the Falcons is that they're not uh, they're just they're better than people think. So I just want to throw that out there. But I I do think the 49ers are are in a are in a really good place right now and are going to to win this game, to be clear. Yeah. So they just got to come out and play like they always do, the team that we know and love so well. So um Tim, you got any predictions for this game? Anything you're thinking? I guess we got to look at our last weeks too. Yeah, uh, bold, bold predictions. Last week you had said Kittle gets his first touchdown, and I know we talked about. I think that's what you had yeah. decided you're going to yeah, go I'm gonna with roll, again this week. I'm going to roll with that again. Kittle gets his first touchdown. I think I might just have to roll with that one. Keep doubling down until it happens. Kittle's going to get his first touchdown <sighs> this week. I try, I'm trying to remember. I think last week I said that they the Niners were going to get four offensive touchdowns, um, and. I believe that was correct. Let me look. Yeah, two rushing, two receiving, four touchdowns. Um, again, 
I'm going to switch it up and go defense this next week. I think that the Niners are going to get, you know, at first I was thinking three sacks. I'm going to go with, they're going to get four. Well, I guess if some of the guys are banged up, that might be tough. We'll go with three sacks and an interception. And I think that those, those defensive plays will be big to contributing to the Niners win. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. I really hope that Kittle does get his first touchdown. Um, I want to see a big game from Debo. So I would love to see an offensive battle. Um, I want to see our, our defense hold hold Pat to a strong, strong, sorry, hold Pat doesn't make sense. Hold, hold fast. Withstand this, hold fast. Yeah, thank you for the vocabulary help. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Um, again, it, it's just what we've said. It's not a team that strikes you, but again, remember what they did to the Bucks last week, who is a good team. So, yeah. You know, the Niners aren't aren't going to be fooled by anything, so they're ready to go for for a big game. Um, I think it's going to be a, a Hufunga Kawabunga time. Oh, yeah. He's going to do something that we're going to love and talk about next week. So It's going to be a fun one. It's like one of those games. It is. It feels weird in the sense where you're like, oh, we should win easy, but also, no, yeah, we need to keep I in mind. The, and it's, it, that tension's That's funky. exactly what I think. I think the 49ers are going to win, but it's not going to be a game you can be like, all right, I'm going to mute this and go back to the red zone after the first quarter because, like, the 49ers are winning. Like, it's going to be one you gotta you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. All right. Anything else you got on this upcoming week? I know a lot of injuries. That's, you know, that's what's Yeah, let's just Yeah, let's just focus on getting healthy. Not. Um. Trey Lance is apparently getting pretty close to traveling with the team. The doctors want him to wait a little longer before he starts flying, so he's been zooming into all the meetings. But sounds like he's itching to get back on, uh, back on traveling with the team, and that might not be too far away. So it's cool to see Trey's That's focus great. on still being a part of this team while he deals with his injury. But yeah, we love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Happy Friday. Hopefully we get this out on Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy uh, this 49ers game. Even though it's not our team, enjoy Bill's Chiefs. Um, It's going to be awesome, so just enjoy. And uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. We love doing this podcast, and we love your uh, support as we do it. Daniel, any parting thoughts to the listeners out there? Have a good weekend, everybody. Get excited for the Niners. Stay safe out there, everyone.